Hello, this is Rosalia, your host. This is the Money Honey Show, the podcast that brings to you women in the financial services industry and in the property space as well. Uh, today, I've got a, a friend, it, definitely a friend for me in this industry because she is someone I turn to when I'm struggling with a proposal or I've been offered an opportunity and I'm thinking, mm, what would Maria Harris do? Okay, so this is a woman that I was introduced to in my early days as a BDM about seven years ago in this industry. Um, and I just thought, wow, like if there are women like this in this space, I want to be a part of it. Because when I first came into um, financial services, let's just face it, there was a lot of men everywhere, you know, any trade show I'd go to. So when I'd come across a woman like Maria, I thought, how, how do I follow in her footsteps? It's not that I want to do exactly the same as what she does, but she is someone who inspires me. So I'm about to bring her on the show. There she is. Morning. <laughs> Morning, Maria. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. Really good. I'm just so happy to be talking to you. Thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Um, obviously, you've heard the intro about you and what I think of you. But for those people listening, if they know you, they know you. If they don't know you, what do we need to know? Who are you? What do you do? <laughs> um, so yeah, Maria Harris. Um, I've been in the industry since about 2006. I'm guessing lots of people will know who I am, or at least will have heard yes. of uh, not too many women in the industry called Maria. Um, so now at the minute, I um, I run my own consultancy firm, which is called Digital Cat, um, and I get to work with lots of lovely mortgage lenders, building societies, mortgage technology firms, and help them to transform their mortgage sales and originations processes, which is really cool. Um, love my day job, love what I do every day. Um, I'm also a non-exec at United Trust Bank, so I sit on the board of UTB, which um, I've done for just over three years. That was my first kind of formal non-exec role where notified to the regulators. That was that's nice. Um, and yeah, I do a lot of board advisory work, mainly for fintech and prop tech startups. So um, again, work with some amazing companies like Cordute, who are a distributed ledger technology firm, and um, with Plotify, who are a startup based in New York, who are doing really cool stuff with an app um, for property, and um, for Coracle, who are a London based based mortgage broker and I sit on the board of fintech now so yeah keep myself busy and yeah lots to keep me out of trouble I I just how do you remain so calm and cool and I feel like your job is so intense like your your job sounds really difficult like it sounds like you need a lot of brain power a lot of actual technical knowledge how do you balance that with your life with your personal life as well yeah so I, the, the advice I always gave to my kids was I used to get really upset when I used to hear people moaning about how much they hated their job and that they didn't want to go to work and I'm like oh my god life is too short to do something you don't enjoy so I genuinely have a huge passion and a huge energy for everything that I do in my work um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about how I got into FS later but I, like I love the industry 
I absolutely love what I do. I love the people I work with. I'm really passionate about making change in the industry and making the industry better and um, the potential of technology and what we can use it for for customers and lenders and all this stuff. So like it does like it is. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have weeks where I'm absolutely exhausted and I get to Friday night and I crash and all of that. But like I just I genuinely love what I do. And I think if you love it and you have passion for it, you it creates its own energy and it's yeah, it makes it so much easier when you get out of bed like and wanting to do what you do every day. 1000% I agree with the energy side of things. I feel like I can bring the energy, I can bring the the passion. Um, but what about the technical knowledge? How did you come to learn about the technical side of what you actually do? Because this is a bit that I'm like, I can bring all the passion, but it doesn't mean like I can go into heart surgery tomorrow and be like, I'm passionate. I can operate on you. Like I couldn't do that. So how do you do the technical part? I was going to say, give us a few years of all being in Meta and we'll all be able to do that because we'll all be able to learn virtually. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been in marketers for a long time and marketers, I've been in marketers since 2006. I've got 16 years of kind of technical knowledge about intermediate distribution, mortgage on board and the process that a customer goes through, how to stay on the right side of like treating customers fairly and, and having a really good journey and being able to use different things that make that journey work the way it should. And in my background before that was actually contact center. So I come from a really strong customer service, customer sales, constant change when you work in big technology you work in big contact centers you're always trialing new technology they tend to be at the front and my very first career was at British Airways back in two, uh, 1996 um, and back then British Airways was like a global leader in innovation in consumer service in customer like how customers were treated and it was like the number one brand in the world so that was like the best grounding you could have had to get really obsessed about customers um, but I got the um, like I was hugely privileged that I was part of the team who set up Atom Bank and I got to design and create the UK's first digital mortgage. And that was the first time that I'd really got involved in tech to that level. And I'm not technical at all. Like I feel like the biggest fraud when I sit with IT people. <laughs> I could not write a line of code to save my life. But when you get to design a bank from scratch and you you don't want to use any of the existing technology or any of the legacy and it's really hard not to create legacy because the minute you build something it's out of date um but we wanted it to be as future-proofed as possible so it was the first bank that was app only that was real real-time data and real-time api driven and it made you think really differently about what tools you wanted to use what kind of firms you wanted to work with finding solutions who were really like-minded and wanted to create something that didn't look and feel like a normal traditional bank <clears throat> and I absolutely fell in love with the tech I fell in love with the potential of what it can do um the stuff that we did at Atom was just like it was mind-blowing like how different and how disruptive the journeys were and the customer experience we created which just doesn't look and feel like a bank um, but as part of doing that and um, because Atom were so at the front end of that digital revolution I got invited to loads of really cool things. So I um, was involved in Digital Street, which was the land registry sandbox, which was mega cool. That was how I met Cordute. And that was the first time I really got to play with like distributed ledger technology. And my brain just goes boom, 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 all of these things. And like, I was really creative about we could do this, we could do that, we could do that. And I get really ridiculously excited. 
Um, <laughs> and then yeah, we did some, uh, yeah, it's crazy. And we did some knowledge transfer partnerships with the universities. So we did um, Durham University, where we did a digital twin of the bank. Like we built a version of the bank that sits in a data universe and did all this like amazing maths PhD stuff, but like big data and analytics. It was just like phenomenally clever people doing stuff. Um, and yeah, some of them with Newcastle University that we did around trust and using blockchain for trust. So I just got immersed in this whole world of like the potential and then realized that again really passionate about it but really enjoyed being that bridge between business and tech and being able to translate between the two but also being able to look at a journey and go if we did this this and this and we got these tech people to do that that and that this would be awesome and that's what I get to do every day now wow wow that is a lot of stuff that is like I said the whenever I speak to you I just feel like you're the coolest and calmest person, but you handle so much like major projects. So yeah, I, I, I it's really fascinating following you and I know you get interviewed a lot. So I get to, to watch you in action, which I love. Um, but what about people listening at trying to enter this industry? Um, we don't know who's going to be listening. I can assume it's going to be a lot of financial advisors, mortgage brokers, lenders, networks. Um, but what if someone was trying to listen from a point of view of, I'd like to enter and find a, a career for myself in financial services. Um, what is the future career of financial services? Where might, where should they be looking? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one of the things that I love about FS is a, it's it's ridiculously dynamic. And, and I bleat on a lot about the fact that like banking hasn't changed for 100 years and um, the whole buying and selling process is really broken and I'm trying really hard to fix it. But there is that, you know, that it, it's constantly changing and it's a really dynamic industry to work in. So I guess for somebody who's coming in for a career, what I would say is um, take it to any blinkers that you've got, take them off. Like the amount of stuff that you can do in FS is so broad, literally from front end customer service right through to compliance, legal, marketing, social media, technology, change, like the, the amount of stuff that you can do. And that's before you even get into all the really technical roles like accountancy and stuff, like the amount of things that you can do in FS are huge. So if you've come in at entry level and I don't know, you're working in a branch or you're working in a bank's processing team or whatever, um, get involved in as many projects as you can grow an external network and get connected with lots and lots and lots of people because you'd be amazed at how much is going out there that you don't get to hear about if you just live in your own little bubble and do your day job every day and don't say no to anything if you get an opportunity to go and be part of a project or just go and do some like think tank stuff or to go to a round table or a conference or whatever say yes Say yes to as many things as yes. you can because you just never know what opportunity is going to come out of the back of that. And I'm a huge believer in serendipity. We meet people we're meant to meet, opportunities that are meant to come for us don't pass us by. Like say yes to lots of things, like get proper, just dive in and get really involved and then find the thing that you genuinely love doing and your career will just go. Like don't worry about your career, it'll just happen. It will just happen. Wow. Okay. I'll just sit here and it will just happen if I say yes. And I, I do actually agree with that. I know some people listening would, would have had that reaction being like, oh yeah, sure, Maria, we'll just sit here and just say yes. But actually, um, speaking about serendipity, there was um, a client that I took on my very first. So I was in the industry, as you know, I was in financial services as a BDM, technically got kicked out. Um, you know, I could have just walked away and completely just gone into something else because I was made redundant in 2020. 
Um, but I decided to stay and start my own business anyway. The show's not about me. But what I was trying to get to is I took on a client in 2020, one of my first. So I just came out of redundancy. I took on a tech, you know, fintech client. And who's on the board? Maria. And I was like, no, this woman is my angel. Like, I know it sounds really cheesy, but it just felt like the path was right. It just felt like if Maria's there, I'm there. It's obviously the right decision. So I definitely echo Maria's advice of creating friendships and a network and saying yes to opportunities, um, even if you don't know, you know, how the opportunity is going to go, because there will be a sign. There will be someone there that you meet that you think, okay, it may not be my forever client, which it wasn't, it served its purpose. And it was amazing for the time that we worked together. But Maria was there. And it just gave me that confidence that I was working with the right person. And I was on the right track. So yeah, there's this, this industry is, is very much like that, isn't it, Maria, you, you get to find each other again, in different places, but you're still like, oh, you're here again. Yeah, and it is a real people industry. And I think, you know, there's a lot of the industries based on, on on really authentic and really kind of deep relationships. And I I know there's a lot of people in the industry that have been around a long time. And it feels like, you know, that we do need lots of new talent coming through. But yeah, the connections in the industry tend to be fairly long lasting. And I still I'm still really good friends and, and stay in contact like contact with people that I met in my very first role at Bank of Scotland back in 2006 and back back with um H boss who are like who aren't even in the industry anymore and we still keep in touch so yeah it's a real people relationship driven business absolutely yeah so that's definitely a top tip that needs to be you know tattooed uh which is you know relationships and building those relationships because you just don't know where that's going to lead um but let's just get to the point of the show which is about uh women uh in finance and property right in that industry um now disclaimer I love men. Like, I love men. This is not a show against men, okay? This is about uh, giving a safe space to the women in the industry to come up, show up, rise up, and talk about what they're doing. Um, so the majority of my clients are actually men. So this is why I wanted to interview women. So I have to ask you this question, Maria, because obviously a lot of women will be listening to this show thinking, what is a you know what is it like being a woman in finance right what would you you've been in it for so long is that something you still notice is there still like a an imbalance do you think because it yeah tell me what you've seen over the years well not everything but you know <laughs> it, it, it has changed a lot it absolutely has I remember um so I joined the industry 2006 and I used to manage a um, mortgage processing team for what was Halifax Bank of Scotland back then in Glasgow. And then in 2008, I got my first intermediary frontline facing job. And I was um, head of sales for Bank of Scotland Intelligent Finance. So I looked after our intermediary distribution team. And I remember going to my very first industry awards. Um, no idea what to expect. Big black tie event. Really excited, really nervous. Red carpets, loads of champagne, all of that. And I remember standing at the top of the stairs as we walked into this amazing ballroom with my boss who was obviously a man and um, everybody in their black ties and looking around the room and going where are all the women like there must have been less than 10 percent of the attendees would have been women and it was my first industry event and my then boss took me around and introduced me to all of these like big movers big shakers people who were like really high up in whichever bit of distribution or lending they worked in 
all white predominantly white men all of a certain age um and the amount of questions that i got that night around what are you doing after the event how did you get that job um what did you have to do to get that and i remember that i was absolutely horrified around my husband on the way home and i was just like that what have I done? Like this, this was just the most bizarre experience. And it's got a million times better since then. It's improved loads, lots more diversity, lots of focus. Obviously, we talk about it a lot in the industry. You go to events now and there's a much better representation, especially for women. And all of that's amazing. And we have all of these networks and everything to support women in the industry. But if we're really, really honest with ourselves and you look at cold hard stats, as in how many women are on boards like me? Um, how many of us sit on executive teams? How many of us have um, positions of power and decision-making in those executive teams? I've never been on an executive team yet where there's been a split, a gender balance ever. I've not been on one yet where we've got a balance across all different types of diversity. And by diversity, I mean everything from heritage, background, sexuality, everything. And I think it's like your frontline is getting so much closer. But once you get up to that kind of senior exec board level, we have got so much work to do, so, so much. And it's one of the reasons that like, I agree to do stuff like this because I think more of us need to call it out, but also we need more role models. I want women in the industry to go, Maria's on a board and she got there. I want to do that. Or if like to open those doors and be able to create opportunities for other people to do what I've been able to do. And um, that said, so all of that is all absolutely um like genuinely how I feel. But when you're saying about men, my two biggest advocates in the industry and the two people who helped me the most were both really senior men in the industry but that's because they were the ones who were able to open the doors they were able to advocate for me they were hugely supportive they supported my career they gave me really good advice and we need more men who are in that situation to get those women in because they're the ones who can make it happen and I think you could get all of the women to all you know do one each but if we could get all the men to mentor a woman and get somebody into that position, we'd actually fix the gender balance overnight. That's a really, really smart observation. Like that is incredible because I guess you you could mentor women, of course, but there's only one Maria, right? There's only so many mentees that you can take on, but actually there's so many senior men in powerful positions that could bring up the next generation, even that, even that, you know, um, people that they've worked with in their own companies that they've identified, um, you know, the next big leader, they've got them in their industry, they've got them in the in the business, they're right there. And you know them, you can work with them, you can bring them up. And I think that's such an honourable thing to do. And um, this is exactly why I created the show. Uh, because actually, we need a safe space for women to come in. Maybe this is step one, maybe you're a female watching this, and you're thinking, but I don't like talking about myself. And I don't want to put myself out there. This is safe. This is just me and you, We know, we could even record it, and not even post it, you can't send it to you in private. But this is just the first step, isn't it, Maria, you have to put yourself out there. No one is going to just come and find you in the corner of the room saying, would you like to be on the board? You know, would you like to be senior? You have to give that intention, even if you're a male, if you're male, you don't just get a promotion just because, you know, you have to show intent, you have to show, you know, the passion that like you said and enthusiasm. And then there are plenty of coaches in the industry that can take you there, right? That can, that can build you up. Um, 
Maria, if we want to follow your journey and, and people who, if, if you don't know Maria, you're obviously either not in the industry or under a rock. I don't know because she's doing so much stuff out there. She's always online. But just in case, if we did want to follow your journey and find you and, and follow you, where where are you? Where can we see you? Uh, so obviously on LinkedIn, Maria Harris Digital Cat. Um, you'll find me on Twitter, so Digital Cat um, at Digital Cat as well. Um, and yeah, that's mostly it. Most um, most of the stuff I do. I'm on Instagram, but I tend to keep that my personal stuff rather than work. Yes, but yeah, yes, that's fine. I will share it in the show notes uh, with everyone listening. Uh, all the uh, handles for Maria's uh, social pages. Um, I just, if you're listening to this show, I just wanted to um, show you, you know, the best of the best in the industry who you know started out not being on the board, not being at the top, you know, and they made, they, they, they took it upon themselves to, uh, to fight their way there. And, and uh, they, you own your, you have your right to be there because you've done so much for this industry uh, and you're amazing advocate for anyone else in the industry that's looking to grow and looking to find a space here. So please do follow Maria and the journey that she's been on. It is a phenomenal story, amazing content that is going out there about, uh, tech as well um so thank you for being on the show and if you want to be on the show anyone who wants to be on the show and have a chat with me just like maria's done then do follow the money honeys like and subscribe the show and if you want to be on it then just send me a direct message i'd be delighted to give you some airtime thank you so much thanks maria thank you